0: Well, praise God. Well, before we get going this morning, I got a little announcement I need. Okay, so we have a trailer full of animals over there. And if you happen to park your vehicle in front of the red tape that's over there, could you please go move it? We won't look at you or point at you as you get up and go move it, but... They can't get the trailer backed in there because your vehicles are over there. So if you think you parked in front of the red tape over there on the other side of the building, that's possibly you. (laughs) All right, so praise God. Do we need to close our eyes if those people did park over there? So everybody close their eyes and you can ease out. You're on the spotlight. Okay, well, praise God. Get your Bibles out. And if you would go to the uh, gospel of Matthew chapter five, verse 13, That's where I'm to start this morning. Now I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to attempt to finish the series on the Holy Spirit this morning. And so I might, I don't know, we'll see, might not. But if you haven't been listening to the following the broadcast, you need to go listen to last week's message if you want to, because I can't review. If I start reviewing, I won't get lost. I won't be over there. Because it's just all too good. And so I'm just going to go on with the rest of the message as i picked up from last week. So you're going to need to go listen to last week's message. But it'll still make sense to you. Praise God. Look at the person beside you and say, you're special. Okay, come on, look at the person on the other side of me and say, you have gifts. I don't know if anybody's noticed here lately, but you know, our world's kind of just spiraling out of control. Has anybody noticed that? I mean, besides the crazy things that's going on in Europe, you know. Uh, we just have just just craziness, craziness, craziness going on. And after I finish this message, I have a message I'm gonna I'm gonna preach. I'm probably gonna be cut off all networks after it's over with. But I don't really care. I've just had enough. It's just time from I, I just can't take it anymore. And uh, you know what happens to the, in the world is that the world wants to put something normal what they call normal in front of you, and they keep doing it over and over again. And now today with social media and all that we have with the internet and all that, you know, it just keeps going before you and going before you. After a while, you start accepting that as the norm. And so when you accept it as a norm, then it becomes a part of you, whether you really believe it or not, but you just accept it. And so uh, that's got the Christian church in a lot of trouble right now. And, uh, You know, I just find out that we as a church, and I'm so proud of y'all, all all full up and in here today, and everybody out there listening to the broadcast. Our podcast is gaining traction every week, and uh, we're getting more people listening, more people listening. And I just think that I'm preaching the same message everybody else is. I really do. I mean, I'm just like, what else would somebody preach? Just read your Bible and preach what you're inspired by God to preach. I mean, I I don't understand any other method. And so I'm just like a little... Naive country boy, I just kind of just do what uh, we do. I, I believe in a good old-time religion, right? Give me that old-time religion, you know, just kind of where you believe the Bible's true and God's true and what He said's true, and God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen. Right. And so uh, but but around us, there's this craziness going on, but then something's happening. God's moving in his spirit. And Bob, come here, I want I, I want to put I want to get you to come up here. Bob was out recently uh, doing some evangelistic work and I wanted him to tell you just what he saw or what took place.
1: Well, for 29 years now, I've been evangelizing College Spring Break. That's one of the annual outreaches I always go down to the beach for, and I drag one of my big 14-foot crosses, and, and the kids always want to come up and get their picture with the cross, and so, you know, they, that's what they do. They, hey, can we get our pictures with the cross? I said, sure, as long as you promise to read my story, and I always have, you know, my pamphlet, I never wanted to be a cocaine addict at the ready, and, and I carry... Literally thousands of these down to the beach. And so I give these kids each one of uh, my story, which also has a gospel message and the sinner's prayer on the back. And so after they get their pictures, I stop them and I say, now let me ask you, do you know why I carry a cross? And they're like, oh, about Jesus or this or that. Or they just shake their heads no. And I say, it's to remind you that Jesus loves you so much that he and he is God's only acceptable sacrifice for sin. And if you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, to take control of your life, to be your Lord and your Savior, he'll meet you right where you're at. And he'll fulfill his plan and purpose for your life, your destiny, if you allow him to. Would you like to do that right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then so I'd pray with them, and lead them all through the sinner's prayer. And in the meantime, there's groups of kids waiting for their turns with with the cross and with their pictures. And this year I've led over 400 kids to the Lord on the beach in (laughs) Port Naranis. Amen. In 29 years, I haven't seen a harvest quite like that. I mean, usually you see a few here, a few there, you know. But these kids, after they pray, they're disappearing into the crowd. They come back with their friends. My friends want to pray too, you know. And it was just like... You know, so I asked the Lord about that. I said, so is this the beginning of the end time harvest, or is it an extra uh, measure of anointing on me because the devil almost killed me this last year with leukemia, and here I am. This is the first outreach where I was healthy enough to go back out with the cross. You know, I I don't know what it is. All I know is that the kids right now are so ripe for salvation. And it's not just the kids, because I mean, I'll just, uh, when I don't have the cross on my shoulder, I walk into a restaurant. I wind up leading the waiter or waitress to the Lord. You know, people are just so hungry you got to be bold enough just to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. Where are you with Jesus? And just start sharing with people. You'll see the response.
0: Amen. 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 So praise God. So what? that's tying into my message this morning because, you know, it's not, I I don't know. I know that we're closer today to Jesus coming back than we were yesterday. That's my prophecy. Okay? And tomorrow we'll be closer again. So, okay. But. But I know that right now, the world is, there is a hurting world. There is a crazy world. There's Lulu's out there, okay, that have gone into the dark side and believe craziness, all right? But you, we, have to, we have to set in our lives what is normal. If carrying a 14-foot cross down the beach doesn't seem normal to you, think about this, because you want people to be led to Jesus, well, then there may be something wrong with your normalcy. What we need right now is an army of God. We need people that'll stand up and be Christians. But the world's gotten to a place, now hear me, don't get mad. And like I said, just don't look down at the ground right now when I say this. Just don't look down and you know, like, like you're in shame because then I know I'll hit you right between the eyes. But, uh, and so you can get away with this. But some people just want to be Christians because they just want the ticket. They just want a ticket so they're not going to hell. They just want to have the entrance into heaven, but they really don't care about being too vocal or anything on this earth. They only care about getting that ticket and getting into heaven and making sure that they have eternity in heaven and not hell. That's a lot of Christians. They only bought fire insurance. It's the truth. That's the only relationship they want with Jesus is they just want fire insurance. OK, but what we got to do is normal needs to be as a Christian. You need to be gl- proud you're a Christian, not have to be ashamed you're a Christian. The world wants to shame us and make us be quiet. The world wants to tell us you can't you, you shouldn't say anything. Oh, you know, your Bible's racist or your Bible's got you, you know, uh, you're a this or that or the other. No, no, no. This is what we believe. This is who we are. And the re- what's going to make the difference is the power to live it. You see, a lot of people don't like Christians, don't want to go to church, don't want to have anything to do with church simply because church has not been effective in their life. It's not brought them any comfort. It's not brought them any relief. They've seen no power. They've seen no answers to prayers. They've seen nothing that that, that any reason why they shouldn't rather be out fishing today, eating potato chips in a boat on the lake versus in church seeking the presence of God. They haven't seen that it has any reality to it. I did it. As a kid growing up, went to church, but I saw no reality and I saw no, no, I just wanted to get through so we could go to the river. Hello? I did it because that was what good people are supposed to do. It's like joining the Lions Club. I'm not saying anything against the Lions Club, I'm just saying. It's just joining an organization. Hello? But we got to be Christians today on the face of the earth that really help people and change people's lives for better. We gotta be people and Christians that care about our neighbors, all right? And so who are your neighbors? Well, Jesus told us that. The story of the Good Samaritans, anybody you come around? Anybody you run across, all right? So Matthew 5, 13, let me get into this. Matthew five thirteen through 16 says, you are the salt of the earth. You, everybody say me. me. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and to trample underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. Everybody say me. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good glor- good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, not you. Oh, you're so good. No, no, no. We want our light to shine so people look upward and say, my God. That's why I love when a lot of people, that when they find out that I'm a, I'm a pastor, they say, you? My God, I could Robert have been a pastor. And I say, well... God's the glory, man, that had to be a work of God, had to be a miracle. Okay, but that's you he's talking about. You are the restraining force on this earth, you, you good people. All right, but right now we need an army of good people. Okay, so go to Psalms 139, verse 14, Psalms 139, 14. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and the skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. Now I want you to go to Romans twelve three. Romans twelve three. I want to, this portion, I want to talk about the motivational gifts of the Spirit. Each and every one of you, the Bible says in Psalms 139, God knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb. He created in you. He wrote your name down. He got everything down. He put in you then when you were being formed in your mother's womb. Now, each and every one of us in here, we're different. Thank God. I'd hate to be preaching to a bunch of robots. Everybody in here being the same. Everybody that wore had the same clothes on. I'll never forget uh, when I was in the Ukraine years ago, right after the wall fell, they, were trying to, they took me to their department stores and they were going to show me all what was had, the, 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 the abundance that they had. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, yeah, boys, you've got white shirts and blue shirts. That's it. You got a bunch of them, but they're only white and blue. Where's everything other? Where's all the other colors? I'm glad I get to look at y'all this morning and I see all different colors of everything that y'all are wearing. All right. Each and every one of us are different. But the Bible says God put in you gifts and they're called motivational gifts. Everybody say motivational. In other words, that's what moves you. And we're all not called the same. There's certain things that move you that don't move me. Let me read them. Romans 12:3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but not all the same members do not have the same function. So we also, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members in one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. In portion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Or he who teaches in teaching, and he who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, these are the what was called the motivational gifts. These are the gifts that are inside of each and every one of you. Right now, they were there when you were formed in your mother's womb, whether you were saved or not saved. They were in you. When you were created as a, 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 in your mother's womb, you were already an eternal spirit. Every, that, every, everybody is an eternal spirit. You're gonna, live ever, you're gonna live forever either in heaven or hell, correct? Y'all with me? Okay, so when God formed you and he created you, it was, it was like stuck in your DNA. It was put in you. What was gonna motivate you in life? Now, through your raising, through your family, through your environment, through everything you went to, it cultivated some and squashed others. All right? So let me just show you these seven gifts. First one it said was prophecy. That does not mean, in, that, in this term we're talking here, it means preaching. The ability to preach, the ability to proclaim. The ability to tell others about Jesus Christ. That's what it means. The second one's Ministry. And that means service or help. In other words, you just want to help. You just like helping people. It's just a part of you. You want to do things. You want to just, you see things that need to be done. Oh, that needs to be swept up over there. Oh, oh, that needs to, oh, we ought to move this. or we ought to put this over here. That's just, it's called ministry. It's, it's, it's service and helps. The third one's teaching. Now, you know, when I was going to school, God bless them, I had some teachers that did not have the gift of teaching. They could not keep my attention. I wasn't interested in what they were talking about. They didn't make any sense. It was just like wah, 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 wah. But a person who has a gift of teaching has an ability to talk to you in such a way that it causes you and pulls you into the conversation, and then you can understand it. How many of y'all have ever read the instructions of how to put something together from, you know, had to have been some Chinese lady And you try to read those instructions, and those instructions could teach you how to put that thing together. And you're just like, who wrote this? Am I right? Raise your hand if you've ever had that problem, so I know I'm not alone. I'm just reading the instructions saying, what is this? Okay? And a lot of that happens as they translate it. See, they go into a translation deal, and they just hit translate, and it did not even translate correctly. Okay? So, teaching is that ability to, to, to be able to show somebody something, whether it's teaching your son how to, to, to tie a, a, a lure on the end of his fishing rod or to teach your, 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 your daughter how to cook or bake a cake or whatever, and you can give instructions that are clear and, and they understand and they remember. Y'all with me? It also means teaching the word of God, getting, being able to teach the Bible, all right? But it means teaching, just general broad. The fourth one is exhortation. It really means an encourager. You just have a natural gift that when everybody says the glass is half empty and the ship is sinking, you say, no, it's not. Everything's going to be okay. Look, there's plenty of wood to float on. doesn't make any difference if the ship sank. We're going to be okay. It'll be fun. The water's cool. It won't be so hot because we're in the water. We didn't need to be on the ship anyway. Y'all know those people? You like to be around them because they always got a good word. They always got an encouraging word, right? Okay, it's just a natural motivation to them. They just see it that way. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. The fifth one is giving. Now, this could be money. It can be time. It can be, you know, a lot of things. Doesn't always have to just be with money. But giving is something that just comes natural. You see a need and you just want to meet it. All right? You're motivated to do that. Somebody needs something. Oh, here, it go. You did it. It's giving. The sixth one is leadership. Okay? What it really means is the ability to, administer, to, to do administration. In other words, you're not overwhelmed with organizing a bunch of people to get something done. It's not a problem, it just comes naturally to you. It's easy. When I was general contracting building homes, I'd have 35 guys on the job and plumbers and all these guys all running around and everybody's asking questions and it didn't bother me a bit. I could just walk along and I could just see, no, no, you need to go over here and you need to do that. You need to get over here and do that. No, you can't do that before he does that. It is just natural. It's easy to me. And so there's certain people just have that administrative ability, administrative gifting. Okay. The seventh one is mercy. Okay. Now mercy is that ability, it really means compassion in the translation there. It could be translated compassion, but you have mercy, you have compassion, but it's something that moves you to do something about something, all right? It's not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, turning and going off. No, it's looking at it and saying, we need to do something about that. No, matter of fact, I need to do something about that. How can I help that? That's what really mercy is. All right? That's what really mercy is. Now, these seven gifts of the Spirit, they're called the motivational gifts, they are all, are, they're all available to you, but each and every one of you are going to be... What would be the word? Each and every one of you are going to have a, a, a tendency to operate in one or more of these gifts in your life and you should know what it is by looking at yourself and saying, okay, what tends to come easy to me? What, 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 what am I just naturally given to do? They give out all these tests and there's all these tests, of the spirituality test and motivational gift test and all these testings you can take and all this stuff. But the bottom line is if you know what you're given to do, like you say, oh, I, I'm not a teacher. I could never teach. You know, that's just not something I could never do that. There's not anything I could do like that. Well, then just quit sitting around saying, well, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. And find out what you are. Because you may be given to ministry. And you may be that essential person that's just given to go help. Or just walk up and say, well, what can I do? Or the ability to have the ability to see what needs to be done. And then go get it done. Hello? And all you got to do is sit down and think about this. Just put those seven things down and think about them. And you'll find out exactly what your motivations are. What you were God-given, gifted inside of you. And they are gifts. And when you you operate in them, you're blessed. You're encouraged. You're strengthened. Hello? Now, I don't know if it's because I'm called to be a pastor and Uh, You know, but when I look in my own life, if you come to me and you tell me you have a problem, I'm going to tell you an encouraging word and how to get out of it. It's going to come to me naturally. I may go home and kick my feet up and say, God, I hope they do it, Lord. (laughs) But at that moment, I'm going to, that gift is on the inside of me. I've cultivated it. I know it. I I just can tap into it and tell you a good encouraging word that if you'll grab hold of it, it will save you. And I've developed it over years. But you've got to understand something. The motivational gifts are in you, and you're not gonna, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost move on you to operate in it because it's already a part of you. And if you want to be a blessing and truly be working for Jesus, you've got to hone in on what your motivations are. And then as you begin to operate in it and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to build that and show that, and, and, and the more you use it, the stronger it's going to get. Then all of a sudden, you just start falling into place and the body starts working correctly. Okay? So, everybody say, I'm gifted. Look at the person beside you and say, You're gifted. You're gifted. But I want to tell y'all something. The most discouraging thing to me in the ministry and as a pastor is seeing the potential in somebody and then them not being able to see it in themselves. Because the devil has lied to them. The devil has stolen from them. The devil has tripped them up. The devil has gone through and, and, and kept them in life from being able to see their potential and, and got them pushed down, and they can't see it. No matter how much I jump up and down, no matter how much I try to get them to see it, they can't see it, and that discourages me. That really just angers me that the devil can do that to people. And I've seen people over the years have great potential to serve the Lord and then just... Because they've been lied to. And I'm telling you, church, we need an army of God. And we need people who operate in the gifts that you're called to operate in so that we can be the body of Christ and help people because I can't do it myself. I can't do it myself. That's not what call, I'm not called to be the all-knowing, all-seeing eye that has everything done and all the gifts and everything. And I don't, No, 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 no. It's called the body of Christ every part playing its own part. And when you don't play your part, the body is weak. Yesterday, I was trying to just do my daily walk, and I don't know what I did. I didn't step on a rock or nothing, but all of a sudden, just like my foot started hurting. It's like, like, like it just didn't want like to work right. And I was like, well, that's just about right. The rest of my body wants to function and operate right. But now I got this pain over here in my foot and I did what it's typical. I just said, you ain't going to get me. You wouldn't get me to quit right now. I'll hobble on one leg. And I just forced through until finally it quit hurting and then went on. But I'm just saying, if the body one portion's hurting, it affects everything. And we need the body of Christ to be strong right now in this day and time. Okay, so let me take you to the next one. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now, it's all the Holy Spirit. When I talked about the Holy Spirit indwelling you and, and having the, your own prayer language last week, and now I'm talking about the motivational gifts that are inside of you, it's all the Holy Spirit. I'm just showing you everything about his ministry, okay? And now we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, but I got to understand before I go into this, I got to do a little little backgrounding here Because if I believe that the church has gotten off, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the church in general has gotten off more into the to a wrong area is right here. And I don't want us falling down that rabbit hole. Second Corinthians 520 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though Christ were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled unto God. Folks, you have a job in life. Listen to me. You're, 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 there's, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having dreams and aspirations for, you know, whatever, having a big ranch and and, and 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 whatever you know i don't know i don't i don't know what your dream is or whatever but there's something wrong with getting so wrapped up in all of that of your retirement and your 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 what you're chasing and all that you forget what you're called to do cuz what you're called to do is to preach the gospel everybody say i'm called to preach now what does that mean i mean that you're called to tell everybody around you the good news of jesus the gospel the word gospel means good news. You're called to tell people good news, that their sins can be forgiven them through the blood of Jesus. That's what you're called to do. And I mean, if you just, if you just walked up to every person you met tomorrow and you said, did you know your sins can be forgiven? Jesus will forgive you of your sins. And then just walk to the next one. Did you know? And you just did that. You would be preaching the gospel. You may not be very effective at it. And everybody may think you lost your mind, but you, you, that is what you're called to do. When your neighbor calls you up and they're having a hard time, you're called to tell them the good news. That's what makes the body of Christ. Because we're Christians and we believe it. And too long the church has, and look, I'm not trying to get out of my job. But too long the church has all put everything over on the preacher and let the preacher go do it. Oh, it's the preacher's job to do that. No, it's not. It's the body of Christ. And if we want to see revival in this area and we want to see, you know, the healing center out here and we want to see all the g- g- glory things that God's calling us as a church to do. It's going to take every one of us because, folks, if it's dependent upon me, folks, then we're going to stay this size. And this is all I can handle. I ain't doing no more. I mean, it being honest with you. I ain't going to do no more. It's too hard. It's too much. I cannot. They, they, they say the average pastor cannot shepherd more than 50 people. 50, that's not 50 families, that's 50 people, that's all it can handle, and right now, you know, we're running 150, 200 people in church, uh, 600 watching the, the, the broadcast this morning, and six, uh, 2,000 watching uh, uh, in the podcast all the week, and I'm supposed to take care of all that? I'm doing good to make it to church. <laughs> I'm doing good just to keep my head above water and get here, Okay. And so what I'm saying is it's going to take a body of Christ to to do what God's wanting us to do. It's going to take each and every one of you, but you've got to understand we're not going to do it in our strength or our might. But we are called to be ambassadors for Christ, what the scripture says. You're called to be an ambassador, a spokesperson. And what you're supposed to be able to speak is the gospel, the good news. Yes, Lord. All right. Uh, Acts 429, Acts 429, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That's what I'm talking about, church. That was the early church's prayer. Lord, Lord, I'm just praying. Let us be the church. That's what he says, that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant Jesus. Now, not signs and wonders for you. Not signs and wonders to make you look good. Not the gift of tongues and interpretation, the prophecy or, or miracles, great faith, any of these things. So that you can be important, you can look important. No, no, it's about preaching the gospel and getting people to know about Jesus. But there are signs and wonders that follow. Now listen to me. There's really nothing spooky about this. Only people make it spooky. What... what the whole intention is if you go back and you look at early church history when the apostles were there and then all the persecution came on it and the people got scattered throughout all the land those that went out and were preaching the gospel the Bible says because Matthew 16 and, and, and I mean Matthew 18 and Mark 16 both say Jesus was gonna uh, accompany with the, the, the preaching of the gospel signs and wonders okay it wasn't anything new for everybody it wasn't just the apostles it was for everybody so but they got dispersed, and as he went out and preached, miracles were happening. Why? Because it's not your ministry. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The gifts of the Spirit, the power gifts I'm about to show you here in a minute, these gifts of the Spirit are for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to operate through you, and they can operate through each and every one of you. You do not have to be called into the five-fold ministry to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. It's been taught that you do. No, you've got to be called to be an apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, or the gifts won't operate through you. But that's not true. The, the truth is, anybody that will be an ambassador for Christ, the gifts of the Spirit will operate through your life. And some of you, I dare say, have operated in the gifts of the Spirit, and you never knew it. So let's look at them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there's diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but it's the same Lord. Now, stop right there for just a minute. Well, let me read the next one. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, so many times preachers have gotten up and they've tried to make everything all like break everything down and categorize this and categorize that. I'm just not much for that. Because the first thing is you have to understand is it is not about you. It's about Jesus. And it is not your ministry. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit through you. All you're basically doing is being a vessel, a conduit for the Spirit of God to flow to touch other people. Hello? It's all about God. It's all about, it's the same activities. It's the same Spirit. It's the same everything. But you see different things taking place. And that's what I want to look at. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, how are you going to get around that one? The manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Amen. It's not just given to the preachers. It's not just given to the pastors. It's not just given to the evangelist or the teacher. No, no, no. It says it's given to all. That means every Christian. That means every person who's a believer in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, who's baptized in the Holy Ghost. The manifestation of the spirit was given. The manifestation, the, the manifestation. I mean, how else do you say that word? The manifesting of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you could say, oh, did you know so-and-so got healed? You could also say, did you, also, did you know so-and-so received the manifesting of the Holy Spirit? Because that's what it is. When the Holy Spirit shows up, things happen. Now, I want to read them. It says, to one is... Now, do you notice how many times Paul said the same spirit, the same spirit, the same spirit, the same spirit, the same spirit. You think he's trying to get across the fact that it's all just the Holy Ghost. Right. It's like saying, well, Robert, you know, he has has had on a shirt, has on a shirt. He's got on boots and he's got on pants, you know, but but it's all the same. Right. That's what he's trying to get a point across here. Let's don't man. Let's don't. Let's don't major on just one thing. What I want to major on is the Holy Spirit. Now, let me back up here for just a second. So where's Jesus right now? See, we got this all all over me, uh, inside of me, right here with me in heaven. Well, let's just put it this way. Technically, Jesus right now is at the right hand of the throne of God, right? Seated in glory right? And who's on earth is the Holy Spirit. But now, isn't the Holy Spirit just as much Jesus as Jesus is part of the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus is part of the Father? The Father's part of the Jesus, Jesus. Right? You can't separate it. Right? But for the, for the benefit of teaching, we're trying to separate it. But I want you to keep in mind, it's all the same Spirit, the same Father, the same Son, the same Holy Ghost, right? Now, so Jesus sitting at the right hand throne of God. He's over there telling, he's interceding for you. He's interceding by... <coughs> Dad. No. See, Dad needs some help down there. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's here on earth. Amen. And he's trying to move and flow. But he only moves and flows through ambassadors. If you don't want to be an ambassador, you want to be the Christian with just a ticket, the get out of hell and go free ticket, then... You're not an ambassador, so the Holy Spirit's not going to work through you. And so many people are trying to pray God to do something when God's saying, no, you need to let the Holy Spirit flow through you and get it done. You're the hands, you're the feet, you're the person who, who, who I'm trying to use. Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit wants to be loosed on that situation, but he's got to move through something. And that something is his ambassadors who are blood-bought, blood-washed, Holy Ghost Christians. But what we're all doing is saying, oh, there's a problem. Let's call the preacher. let him do it. And I'm not complaining. I don't, 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 don't. y'all can call me if you can find my number. But uh... <laughs> But that's what the church has been doing forever. I'm not talking again here. I'm talking about universal church, Right? Call the preacher Let tell him the situation. Let him go do it. Let him go do it. Let him go do it. But, you know, he's gifted. No, but you got to grab a hold of the revelation as a Christian in the fine details of your contract you signed when you gave your life to Christ was that you get to be used by the Holy Spirit on earth. So let's look at these, these gifts. I divided up in three categories because it's easy for me to remember. The first category I call the power gifts. It's great faith, miracles. And healing. It's the power gifts. All right. Great faith. What's great faith? Great faith is like walking on the water, apart in the Red Sea, or or you know, something big turning water into wine. Miracles. And this is really hard to cut and divide up because sometimes they overflow and overlap each other. Miracles would be, you know, you made an eye. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, you know, a lame man jumps up and leaping around, you know, I mean, it, it, miracles. And then healing would be restoring of the body. Now, how, you can see how these intertwine each other. Because, you know, there's no sense standing around and saying, boy, oh, Joe, he got up. But was that a miracle or was that healing or was that great faith? I don't know which one it was. And having, you know, doctrinal counsels to try to figure this out. The dude got healed. Who cares? That's the way I look at it. All of it's a gift of the spirit. I don't need to get so honed in in life and being praying, Lord, thank you for great faith. You either got great faith or you don't. How do you know you have great faith and you're operating the gift of great faith? Because you got great faith. It's that simple. Folks, I'm telling you, all I can do is tell you stories. And you just have to believe me that I'm telling the truth. When I was in Romania is when I saw the most amount of miracles I've ever seen in my life. Standing in a city square full of a bunch of gypsies. And if you've heard the story, I don't know. But, you know, just quickly... You know, I was mad because I was in a car full of four or five other preachers. They kept dropping them off at the big churches and the fancy, the churches that are singing and praising. They took me out in the middle of nowhere in an old church. It was just so, just, just nothing to it, in a room full of the most stoic bunch of gypsies. I'm talking the bandana head wrap wearing gypsies like you'd see in there that didn't even speak the language. I had to go through five interpreters to try to preach. It was just the biggest mess. I was mad. I was just like, yeah, them boys did it too me again. Take the little country boy, throw me out here. You know what? They got the big churches and they're all singing ah! and everybody's just going crazy and they're crowded. I got me about 300 gypsies. And so I'm not in the right attitude. I'm thinking about how I'm going to beat them boys when I get back. I mean, I just didn't like it at all. And so then all of a sudden, you know, I, I went to pray for people because I said, I won't get, see, get, get anybody healed around here, man. I don't see, let, see what's going to happen. There was no out. I mean, folks, I got to preach to this pulpit rock pulpit and it would have been more uh, flowing and anointing you know and uh and so i pray for the i want to pray for the first lady she's blind i look in her eyes there ain't nothing there i mean there's the eyeballs but they just white they're just milk and i was like oh lord <laughs> and here i was a great man of faith and power for the hour and i just i melted i crumbled i looked in those those milk flowing eyes and i was just like oh my gosh couldn't you have given me something easier, Lord? And because I didn't want to look embarrassed and just stand there like no faith, I knelt down on one knee, put my hand on my head, and I said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Nobody could understand me anyway because, you know. And so I just like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I look back up, the lady, she's running out of church. And I was like, good gracious. You know, now I've made them mad. Go to the next person. The next person was a, uh, what was wrong with her? Uh, Something really bad. Oh, a little girl. Had a little girl with her. Couldn't walk. And I said, like, God, that ain't even. At least I'm going to look like those milk eyes. But I mean, my God, she's ain't no better. And I said, well, how long she never walked? I said, oh, jeez. I knelt down again and said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I mean, this is terrible. I just came in my great evangelistic days. And here I was going to do something great for you, Lord. And man, can't you give me anything else in this? I looked up. Lady's gone. I mean, I never touched her. This happened, just kept happening like that. I had about six or eight people is all that came up. So then they wanted me to baptize. Oh, they wanted me to baptize. And I'm telling you folks, there was ice cubes floating in that water and I didn't want to get in it. I'm out in the middle of Romania, man. I got hours and hours to get back to a hotel room. I got no clothes to change into. They're all baiting me into it. I said, I got to do it. They're just pulling me out there in the water. Finally, I just threw my boots off and said, just, I mean, whatever. And just went out there and just dunking people in the water, freezing cold. I'm not very happy. I go up to the bank. I'm all, you know, how you gonna get out? Y'all all know you go to the river in your blue jeans and you're, then you're gonna try to get your boots back on. You know what I mean? It don't work. And I, I got tender feet. I can't walk on that carpet. And so I'm hobbling around there trying to get my shoes, my boots back on. You know, I'm all wet, mud and stuff all over me. I'm just a mess. They're all, you know, laughing at me. And, and I walk down there and there's a big crowd in the middle of the, the, the town, this little town square. You know, about like the utopia town square is what I'm talking about. And I go in there and there's people all around everywhere and I, you know, I'm all, I'm, <laughs> I mean, there ain't no spirituality to this. I mean, there's no faith in me. I'm just mad. This won't go home. And I went up there and I said, what's going on? And they said, well, the woman went through town and brought, told everybody that all sick to come out. And I said, what do you mean? What woman? The blind woman. I said, well, the blind woman run out of the church hours ago. He says, yeah, but she can see. I said, What? Bring the blind woman up here. I want to see the blind woman. The blind woman comes up. She's just looking at me with two normal eyes. And I'm like, holy cow. That woman's got eyeballs. I mean, this to show you the faith that I've got. And then she she said, "What she she, went around and told everybody, come out there, the guy that that will pray for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So all these people here, they start shoving sick people over there on top of me. Now I'm having a little more faith because I keep looking at the blind woman. And as long as I stood, then as much people as we prayed for and everything that took place, I saw miracle after miracle after miracle. I saw children that never walked, run. I saw kids with just mush in their legs just jump up and run off. I saw, I felt like the apostle Paul, it was a real strange feeling. I felt like I was like, like, you know, like this is, oh, like Jesus is going to come back any minute. Like this is the end of my life. I'm going to die and go to heaven because I'm so close. And, and, and it all took place. And then in a minute it all stopped and they threw me in the car. And I rode back wet to hotel room, (laughs) thinking, "What just happened?" I don't know if great faith operated. I don't know if it was a gift of miracles. I don't know. I don't know what took hold. I I can tell you, I don't know what took place. I was not sitting there saying, "Okay, now let me see. Now that looks like it was a gift of miracles." I would write that down. Yes, I'd categorize that. I'm just sitting there going, "Because it's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's not my ministry." But I'm just trying to get, make this divide up so when you read your Bible, you can ask yourself the question, what's taking place right now? When Jesus goes in and heals the, 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 the Jairus' daughter who died. I mean, folks, come on. She's dead. It's going to take some great faith. All right. The second division I make up here is what's called the revelational gifts. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. OK, a word of wisdom means that nobody knows it on this earth. Only God knows. So, what would be an example? Let me see. A word of wisdom would be, if I come up to you and say, hey, Waylon, uh, four days from now, uh, God is gonna, you're, you're gonna be in a store and, you're going to find a person in there and you're going to minister to him about Jesus. Well, he didn't know that and I didn't know that, but God did know that. A word of knowledge would be, I, go, I come up to Waylon and I say, Waylon, um, the Lord's telling me to tell you that he's got a red truck that he wants you to buy. And he says to me, Waylon says to me, Man, that is wild. I was just looking at a magazine at a red truck to buy. So he knew it. It was known on this earth, but it wasn't known to me. It'd be a word of knowledge. Again, I'm just trying to sort this out. I'm not trying to make a doctrine of this. I'm just telling you that to try to have you a little bit of division. Nobody knew it. Wisdom. Somebody knew it. Knowledge. Now, discerning of spirits. There's probably never been any gift in the body of Christ that has gotten more out of hand than the discerning of spirits. Because people, some people just see a devil in a, you know, ham sandwich. (laughs) Right? Some people see Jesus on a piece of toast. Other people see devil in a ham sandwich. Okay? But the bottom line is there is a gift of discerning of spirits to be able to see angelic and demonic forces. You say, well, I don't know if that's operating in me. (laughs) You don't need to ask. If you're asking me, I'm not sure I did. You didn't. All right. And some of you would be better off never operating in that gift. (laughs) It's real. It's real. Okay. I have seen some crazy things in life. Not even going to tell you about them, but I've seen some wild stuff. And the gift of discerning of spirits has helped me many times in life and in in, in ministry and in what's going on. But it's not like something that happens every day and it's like, I had this whiff or this impression. No, no. You either see it or you don't. All right. Now, the third one is the audible gifts. And probably these get a lot of confusion, too. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. All right they say, well, pastor, what's the difference between the tongues you were talking about the other day and the tongues you're talking about? Okay, the tongues here, if you go read 1 Corinthians 14, says that the tongues are for edification, exhortation, and comfort. In other words, tongues here is a tongue that someone speaks out, stands up in church, says a tongue, and then there's another person who has the gift of interpretation of tongues and says what the person says. And Paul says tongues shouldn't operate in church unless it's going to be interpreted because you don't. Nobody gets blessed by it. Everybody says, "Yeah, Charlie, he over there having another fit. He is speaking in tongues." <laughs> nobody got blessed. But if somebody got up and gave a tongue, and then somebody interpreted, it and it ended up being a prophetic message or something that encouraged the church, that's what's supposed to take place. Okay. Now prophecy here, this prophecy was different than the motivational gift. This gift of prophecy is the foretelling of events to come. Now. I thought this was funny. I just happened to be reading the other day in the book of Numbers and it and it talked about prophecy and the, the etiquette for prophecy, and it was to know if you're a prophet, if you if you prophesied and you said something's gonna happen and it didn't come to pass, it would take you outside and stone you. So I thought, well, I bet get that cut down the false prophet's uh, arena, you know, because if you didn't happen, then you were taken out. I don't know how much time they gave them. <laughs> no, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. But whatever, either you, if you're, if they prophesied a foretelling of events, if it didn't come to pass, they just took you outside and stoned you. So we'll have it be a little more gracious here. All right. But what I'm saying about prophecy, this prophecy is a foretelling of events. So if a person stands up and says, "Yea, hey, thus saith the Lord. Three days from now. Something, something's going to happen. And three days from now, it didn't happen. Then you're not hearing the right voice. All right. So last few scriptures. And I'm going to close. We want to have communion. We want the gifts of the Spirit in church. We right. want the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your lives out through in in in, in your normal daily lives. Why? So we can preach the gospel, right? But First Corinthians fourteen twenty six says. How then, brethren, uh, how is this, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, each of you have a teaching, each of you have a tongue, each of you have a revelation, each has an interpretation. Let everything be done for edification. The bottom line is, is everything the ministry of the Holy Spirit's doing is to build and edify, right? Verse 33 says that there's not supposed to be confusion because God's not the author of confusion. And verse 40 says, let everything be done decently and in order, Right? So the gifts of the spirit are there and they're there for the church, but everything should be done decently and in order. And I've been in some places before, folks. I'm telling you some wild stuff going on. Woo, I'm telling you, man, I have seen some wild stuff. And I guarantee none of it was God. All of it was emotion. But I mean, I've seen some wild stuff. And the only edification I got out of it was I said, man, how did that person jerk and jive like that not knock their back out? All right. All right. So the gifts of the Spirit are available to everybody to manifest to operate in, all right? But you gotta be a vessel. So the determining factor is, do you wanna be an ambassador for Christ? That's the determining factor. Do you just want a ticket to get to heaven or do you wanna be truly an ambassador for Christ? That's the only difference. If you wanna be an ambassador for Christ, well, then you're, you're a candidate for the gifts of the Spirit to flow through you. And you know how you should operate in it? Very normal. I've just, in life, you're not going to find me going up and I'm not a yay, hey, thus saith the kind of, you know, yay, hey, thus saith the Lord kind of guy. I'm just going to walk up and tell you. I don't know how many times I've given people words of wisdom and knowledge and never even said, the Lord gave me a word to give to you. I just walked up and said, you know, da, 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 da. And the person was like, wow. Wow. I don't know how many times I've just been talking to a person and I knew a word of wisdom or knowledge flowed out of me and was to that person. I don't need to make things dramatic. We don't need to be spooky. You don't need a big white bed sheet and a tambourine and one of them big full-size Bibles to get your point across. Hello? How wouldn't it be so much better to just walk up to a person and just touch them And just say, you know, I'm just really thinking about you today. And that one person jerked and said, my God, I'm healed. Right? Why do you have to pour out five gallons of anointing all on them and spit all over them? And, you know, I mean, let's just have, let's just be Christians. Let's just let the ministry of the Holy Spirit flow through us and be ambassadors and let God be God. And you be you and try to get out of the way and not cause any confusion. Hello? So we're going to take communion now. And what I'm just asking you to do, I, I'm not going to give a specific altar call for, for you know, whatever, I'm just saying. Something you need to be thinking about when you come to take communion or are you going to be an ambassador for Christ or do you just want to hold the ticket to get to heaven? Hello? So uh, let me have my, my prayer team come down to help me serve this morning. And, and we're here to pray for you. Also, when you're coming up to take communion, <clears throat> if you need... Ministry, you need to be, want hands laid on you for the Holy Spirit, or whatever you want to do. Don't make no difference. Whatever you want to do. Okay? I just want you today to come up and be everything that Jesus called you to be. Amen? So, for those of you watching, you get your communion elements ready right now. I want you to know that if you're here today, it's maybe you're just a guest today, first time you've been here, we have an open communion service here at Living Waters Church. If you are a born-again believer, you, you you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're more than welcome to have communion with us today. And then as we get through with communion, you know, if y'all want to make your way over to the fellowship hall, Stay for dinner on the grounds. Pet a donkey or something. I don't know what's over there. But Lord, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name for God, who you are. And that we can come and have communion with you today. Lord, it's just one of the most amazing things that we mortal people can have communion with the almighty God and so Lord I just thank you for it the scriptures tell us on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said now take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you Do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, we thank you for this bread. Your broken body. Your broken body for us, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Those of you at home, you can take and eat. And afterwards, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you for this. That, Lord, today as we repent of our sins, that you forgive us, that you wash us and cleanse us in your blood, and you make us white as snow. We give you all the praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. So take and dream.